Hey friends, Trisha Goyer here. Every week we are sharing true stories of ordinary people who have discovered hope and truth for God's word. This is the Walk It Out podcast. Hey friends, Trisha Goyer here, and I am so thankful you are here for the very first Walk It Out podcast. You know, it's been in my mind for a while to do a podcast. I love doing Living Inspired. A few years ago, had to take a break when we adopted all these kids. It was one thing that I just needed to put aside for a time, but I'm so glad to be here, to be with you, to be sharing amazing stories. I really missed it. And I'm excited to be here again and that you're joining me. Now, when I started thinking about who I wanted to interview, I mean, I have a list a mile long. I know so many amazing people. But one person rose to the top and really came to mind as someone who I just think has an amazing story that you need to hear. And that is my daughter, Maria. Let me tell you a little bit about Maria. Maria is 17 and she is one of the girls that we finalized the adoption on. Last year, we adopted her and her three sisters from foster care, um, January 11th, 2016. And really, Maria has just been such an amazing gift to us. Um, Her sisters too, but Maria has been so um, just sweet and wanting to make the adoption work out. And really trusting God in the process. You know, she has gone through very hard stuff, but I clearly remember the first day we met her, um, we had gone to the children's home where her and her sisters were living, and here she was, the smile just filled her space, and she said, you know, I've been praying for a family, and they had just had a failed adoption earlier that year, and she said, I was even praying that God would bring someone to adopt my sisters, even if I aged out. And I was just so excited when I heard that there's a family interested in adopting us. And right away, you could just tell that that's what she wanted. She wanted a family. She wanted to belong. She wanted a mom and a dad and people to love her and care for her and not have to think about aging out and all the scary, hard stuff that that brings. So in a moment, Maria is going to be sharing her story and Uh, she agreed to share it and I'm just so thankful that she was willing to just be vulnerable and open her heart and but before we get to that I wanted to share a little bit about our story um, through adoption if you've connected with me on social media you have seen our family grow over time we uh, had three biological kids John and I and then in 2000 um, 10, we adopted a baby girl. And then a couple years later, John and I adopted a sibling group of two from foster care. And then just last year, we adopted a sibling group of four from foster care. And people ask me all the time, did you plan to adopt? Had you always thought about adopting? And honestly, we hadn't. Um, I hadn't really thought about it. We had our three kids. I was writing. I helped start a crisis pregnancy center, mentoring teen moms. And I thought, I'm good. We're doing good. But it was really God's word 
that planted those seeds in our hearts. I love in James, the first chapter, it talks about pure religion is this, to care for the orphans and the widows. And so many times in scripture, it says to care. Um, I remember the first time I really thought of it seriously. I had read, I think it was like a Women's World magazine, and there was the need at the time to adopt baby girls from China. And so John and I actually had, um, after prayer and after talking about it for years, we decided to do that. We filled out all the paperwork, got to China, and right at that time, they stopped adopting out the number of baby girls. And I just remember just being crushed, thinking, God, you tell us to care for the orphans and the widows, and we have put time and money and our heart into this, and I don't understand why this isn't happening. Um, We just thought maybe it would happen in the future, but in China, things really slowed down. I remember a year later, after our paperwork was already turned in, we'd already been waiting a year, and I got a uh, email from the agency that we were working with, and they said, with the rate things are going now, there's hundreds of people in front of you. And if you are going to be able to adopt a baby girl, it might be four or five, six years from now. And I just remember just being crushed and thinking there's other people that are having these adoptions going through and why, um, God, is this happening? You know, finally, after all these years of prayer and all this money, um, so I pouted. <laughs> I actually went to my room and got under my comforter and had a really good cry because I thought this is what God has planned for us. Um, looking back now, I see that he did put the desire in us, but the means of how he brought children into our lives was completely different. That very same day that I got that email from our social worker through that other agency, we ended up getting a phone call from a friend And she said, are you still interested in adopting? She knew that we had done the paperwork and sent it in and we're waiting. And we said, yes. And she said, I know a local birth mom who is looking for a family. And long story short, um, two and a half months later, after meeting this young woman, um, she chose us to adopt her baby girl. So I went from thinking, this is not going to happen. China's closed the doors. It might be four to six years before we are able to bring home a child to two and a half months later, being able to adopt our baby girl. Um, And then during right during that time, we were also moving from Montana to Arkansas. So a lot of changes in our lives. And so after a couple years, you know, we had this, our oldest um, son still at home was a late teen. And then we had our little baby girl and God just put the desire on John and I's heart to adopt from foster care. I remember the first time walking into our church and seeing what is called the heart gallery. And this is um, photographs of kids that are available to be adopted in foster care. And each state will have a heart gallery. Um, You could Google your state and put heart gallery. And those are kids that are already at for adoption. So the parents' rights have already been terminated, which I had no idea, first of all, that there was such a large need. You hear a lot about international adoption. I had read about it in that magazine, but I didn't know that there was such a big need. And then to see these kids' faces, um, and I remember just looking at them saying, these are all kids, their parents' rights had been terminated, they were just wards of the state, and they just wanted a forever family. I remember talking about it with John, and um, we talked about it here and there, but really it came to the point where we said, okay, we still are pretty young as parents, we have a little, uh, almost two-year-old at the time, I think we can do this, and so we went and got the training through our local um, department of social services and 
DHS was able to give us the training we needed. And then in uh, January of 2013, they ended up matching us with a little boy and a little girl. And actually January of 2012, yes, January 2012, um, matching us with a little boy and a little girl. And we ended up bringing them home and it was not easy. It was hard. They were from hard places. And so again, it was, okay, we're willing to do this, God, but it took a lot of therapy. It took a lot of uh, prayer, a lot of patience. And God really showed us that in our weakness, his strength is complete. And he showed up for us big time. So we went through years of therapy. Things finally got settled down. Um, and again, we came to this place where we saw so many needs and working with teen moms in our teen mom support group, I saw so many girls who had aged out of foster care and then ended up pregnant and trying to find, um, home for themselves, jobs, school, while also being a mom. And I remember coming home from our teen mom group saying, someone needs to capture these girls and get them before they age out of foster care. Someone out there needs to do it. And I remember looking in the mirror and just hearing God's still small voice said, what about you? You know, maybe this is something that um, you can do. And at first I pushed that thought out of my mind because we already had three little kids, three older kids. We had a full house. My grandma was living with us. But the more I prayed about it, it became clear that God was calling John and I to this. And I remember clearly the service at church when I was just worshiping God. And I just knew that this was something he was asking us to do. I remember getting in the car after service, turning to John and saying, we need to adopt older girls from foster care. And he said, yes, God was speaking the same thing to his heart during the same service. We went home, called their social worker, opened our home again, went through all that. And Um, I remember the day we called uh, Christy from, I emailed Christy from Project Zero and said, do you know any older girls in foster care, sibling group? Thinking two girls. And she's actually just yesterday, I got information about a sibling group of four girls and she sent just their first names and their ages. And just reading that, I just knew like, those are our girls. And we brought them home. And then it was, it was hard again. Um, It was hard because not only is there the trauma and the pain, but they are so fearful of that they were going to be rejected. They had just faced a failed adoption that anytime they start feeling comfortable with us, started feeling love, they would almost feel threatened and try to push us away. And God has brought so much healing through that. So that's just my part of the story. And I am so excited for you to hear Maria's part of the story, what it was like being in foster care. So here we go. Today I have a special guest and it is my daughter Maria. Hey Maria. Hey mom. Isn't this fun? Totally. Did you get pulled into the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about Maria. So we met Maria about two and a half years ago when we were interested in adopting a sibling group from foster care and Maria is the oldest of four girls that we adopted. And she's been a blessing to our life. She is our scientist artist girl. So she will take things apart, put them back together, design stuff, draw pictures. She's super creative and we're super proud of her. And she has exciting things in her future, but we're going to let her share a little bit about that. But today I just wanted to have Maria on to talk about 
um, foster care and what it was like um, being raised in foster care. So I'm just going to turn it over to her and let her tell a little bit about her story. Well, um, when I was 11, I was in, well, that was the first time I was placed in foster care and um, it was a little, I was really kind of confused because I didn't really understand why I was being taken from my biological mom and I just really didn't want to go away from her and um, she was very abusive and um, she was on drugs most of the time and um, it's pretty complicated <laughs> um, but we were placed in foster care and we um, they DHS had placed us in this in a shelter called the Westfort shelter and we were there for um, their stay period was like six months but we went way over the six months because they really wanted to place all of us sisters together they didn't want to separate us because they were like these sisters are super close and there's really no point in separating them because it's not gonna they're just gonna have more problems <laughs> and, and how old were you and your sisters are your sisters at the time um The twins were eight, and the youngest was seven. And, and then you're also with Lily, too, at the time. Yeah. My oldest sister, Lily, she was... She was 15. And me and Lily pretty much stayed together throughout foster care until she turned 18. And then she... Um, she wasn't in foster care anymore after that and but the three younger siblings um we were separated from them a lot even though like we lived like because eventually we moved to this place called the Bap the Arkansas Baptist Home for Children and it was this huge campus and everything and they had like six different houses for different age ranges and um, even though, like, my sister still lived near me on that campus, I never really seen them that much. And um, that was pretty hard. Because, I mean, we were still pretty close with our... I was still pretty close with my sisters, but I didn't get to see them as often. And um, our youngest sister, she, she was bounced around from place to place a lot. Um... And we'd rarely ever get to see her. And, um, in 2014, um, we were being looked at for adoption. And I thought, oh, well, this is great because my mom's, my biological's, my biological mom had had her parental rights terminated back in 2012. And that was, I was one of the most difficult times in my life because I just didn't understand why I couldn't stay with my mom and why I couldn't go back and live with her because I was 
still only 11 at the time because I didn't turn 12 or till um, March and I just was really confused and I had no idea what I was gonna like how I was gonna explain to my sisters that hey I we won't be able to see our mom till we're 18 and that was difficult and I kind of envied my older sister for a while because she was older and she had she had less time before she could see our biological mom and I'm like that's really not that fair because I want to see and I want to talk to her too but um I eventually after a while I just kind of thought hey I can't keep living I can't keep being sad and I can't just not have any type of hope or faith and I had been going to church and I kept hearing about Christ and um how he loved me and how much he cared and um, and eventually I just kind of, it clicked with me. I was like, oh, hey, he, like, Jesus really does exist and God exists. And it's like, if I find, if I decide to believe in him, then, um, I could be happy and I could, this hole inside my heart could finally be filled. And so I was, I accepted Jesus in April of, um, 2013 and in that moment, it was just not, I felt nothing but peace and happiness. And it was great. Like, I'm just like, okay, this is, this is, I know this is what I got to do. And at that point, I was like, okay, Jesus. It was like every, um, I place my life in your hands. Like, you have control over this. I can't really control what happens. And so to go back to, the adopted family that I was, um, that we were going to get adopted by, um, we had known the parents of the, um, of the woman and the man, because the woman's parents were foster, um, were foster parents at the Baptist home, and so we knew them a little but not a lot until we eventually started going on visits and we had moved in with them in March of 2014 and um, everything was going good the first month of being with them and then it just everything started falling apart after month two because um, like everyone goes through like a honeymoon phase whenever they move or most foster kids like the first time they move, they're like, oh, okay, let me be good for at least a month and see how I like these people. And, and if I like them, then hey, my problems are theirs. And um, after that month, things really did start going downhill. My older sister, I just decided to move out and she didn't want to live there. And she was 18 at that point? Yeah. Yeah. And my youngest sibling... Um, she had had previous problems in the past and they just resurfaced when she was living with them and so um, they weren't going to allow her to come back so they were like well there's only three of y'all and we really wanted to adopt the, all five of y'all so we're not going to go through with the adoption but you could still and they told us that we could still live with them and they'd still be our mom and dad and everything but DHS 
said that, oh, well, um, you can't live with them and still get adopted because it's just not going to work out. And um, we had went to court to see if we could stay with them, and they just said no. And DHS was supposedly supposed to wean us off of seeing them. Like, we were supposed to go from, like, seeing them, like, once a week to twice from once a week to seeing them every other week to just eventually not seeing them at all, but it didn't really happen that way. It just, we seen them like once or twice and then all communication was cut off. Mm. And that was really difficult. It's who you thought you had, this is going to be your family. Yeah. You thought it would be like finally, and you were getting older too at this time. Yeah. I was becoming a teenager and being a teenager in foster care is hard because you always hear that, oh, no one wants to adopt a teenager. No one wants a teenager because you have too many issues and da-da-da-da. <laughs> and that was pretty difficult. Like, I was like, well, obviously if I'm a teenager and then I'm not going to get adopted and I'm going to be, I'm going to have to age out of foster care. And I just kind of lost hope at that point. I'm like, oh, well, um... There's, like, I'll probably just have to age out of foster care, and I'm going to have to figure everything out on my own. Did you ever question God, like, God, why is this happening, like, when we finally had a family? Most definitely, yes. I questioned him a lot. I was, I just didn't understand why bad things just kept happening, and I didn't, like, I just didn't understand. I was super confused, and I was heartbroken, and just, um... And I was suffering from PTSD from um, from being with my biological mom. And just on top of the PTSD, having all this heartbreak and um, all the letdowns, I just, I could feel my faith just start deteriorating. Like, <laughs> And I just, one night I was just randomly flipping through my Bible and um, I'd seen the past, there was this passage that just, showed up and it was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and it was talks about how um God has plans for you and that they're plans to um prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you hope in a future and I just looked at the verse and I thought about it and I was like maybe there is more to my story. Maybe this is not where it ends. Maybe it goes on from here. And at that point, I was like, okay, God, there's more to the story than right now. And I'm trusting you 100%. I'm giving my life to you completely. And at this point, it's like, I honestly, nothing is going good. And I just need your guidance and reassurance. And, um... Then when did you find out about that there was a possibility of another family that was maybe interested in um, you and your sisters? In um, late 2014, in the fall, I was on a um, phone conference with my lawyer, and we were talking about, like, financial stuff, and I didn't understand any of it. Basically, they were preparing you to age out of foster care. Yeah. And she had just, she was like, oh, hey, Maria, there's this family that's looking at to adopt you and your sisters. I was like, really? She goes, 
But she even told me, she was like, don't get your hopes up, though, because we don't know if this is going to work out or not. And she also told me not to tell my sisters. And so that was a pretty difficult secret to keep from my <laughs> sisters. It's like, oh, hey, there's someone looking at looking at us, but I can't tell you. And um, we eventually met Trisha and John <laughs> the next year. I'm not even... It was like February. Yeah. yeah. It like took a while for them to get all the paperwork together. Yeah. We had finally met them in February and... At that point, I just kind of looked at my mom and my dad, and I was like, hey, this is my forever family. Like, I can already tell. I have no doubts about this. Like, these people are going to adopt me. They're going to deal with my crazy mood swings and everything. (laughs) (laughs) And they did. For the whole six-month trial that we were with them, they dealt with my sister's craziness and my craziness, and it was true blessing to finally have that family that no matter what you throw at them they're still gonna stick through it and I know how we felt the day of the adoption like it was just overwhelming and exciting how how did you feel like did you feel like it was real or for me because I mean I knew we were gonna get adopted I didn't have a doubt about it it was for me it just kind of felt like this the mentality of being a teen in foster care and people always telling me that you're not going to get adopted those the chains of all that just I felt it fall off it was Mm. such a relief it's like I just proved all these people wrong that hey teens can be adopted Mm -hmm. it just takes the right people with the right motivations and the right goals so what would you want people to know about about being in foster care Being in foster care is a pretty long and daunting process, and um, being it like many teens go through all kinds of craziness, and even kids are like, from having so many people say that they want to be in your lives, and watching people and kids come in and come in and out of the homes, and it's just, it was it's hard, and. Sometimes, in the end, many teens just lose it. After they finally gain that freedom and stuff, they just they don't know what to do with their lives. They don't know what they want to do, and many of them don't even get through their first semester of college. Mm-hmm. And many of the girls I knew got pregnant. They all have kids now, and it's just like... Because they're looking for that love. They're looking for kind of their family that they create themselves. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who's maybe interested in doing foster care or adoption or interested in uh, maybe adopting a teen or sibling group, but they're nervous about it and they do hear all the hard stuff? What would you say to someone like that? I would say to just honestly pray and talk to God and even talk to other people who have been through the, who have fostered teens and sibling groups and stuff. Because, I mean, other people are going to tell you that it's hard, and they're going to tell you that it's not going to work out, and da-da-da-da, and et cetera. But, I mean, honestly, it's just a matter of trusting God and then, like, having that peace and patience it takes to deal with kids. Because, I mean, we're going to be hormonal. 
I mean, that just happens. <laughs> a teenager's a teenager, right? <laughs> yeah, a teenager is a teenager. And, I mean, yeah, we're going to have a little extra, like, like we're going to have this extra burden with us. But, I mean, many of the teens just want love and they want the a family and they want the affection of, of ha- well, they want that, just the security of having someone who will, who they know won't leave them and they will always be there for them. So what type of family do you think would be a good fit for maybe adopting a teen or sibling group from foster care? Honestly, I believe that the family should probably have already raised a teen, have already gone through like the whole teen stage and just know what it's like to raise a teen. But I also believe that they should be strong Christians and that um, they should always, like, trying to, <laughs> you should always just be ready because, I mean, you're not really going to know what's going to come out of the teen's mouth or even a sibling group. Like, that can that's going to be difficult too because you have all these kids and it's just like, they're sometimes half of them don't even live together we're like separated and when you finally put them in one space they're like you gotta stay out of my space and like they just get really irritated with each other I think that was one of the challenges too that we didn't think about not only were you guys being introduced to us and the other kids in the house and the older kids that are on the house and getting used to just habits and how people act or interact but also um, even the ones that lived in the same home before lived had they each had their own bedroom, and so all of a sudden, yeah. and then you lived in a completely different house than them. So all of yeah. a sudden, it's like not only are you with these people that you don't really know, you're with your siblings in a very close space. Yes, that was the most difficult. That is, I still face that problem today. Just like living with my siblings, it's like, will you please just stay out of my space? Like, I just. I want this to myself. Stay out of my stuff. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's difficult. I mean, even being, living with them for like two years now, it's still difficult. So what does your life look like now? Like, what are you looking forward to? My life, compared to what I used to think about my life, just not having any hope or a future. Now, I mean... I've applied to colleges. I've been accepted to colleges. I just got my permit. Um, today. She got her permit today. <laughs> yeah, I got my permit today. And just, I feel so much better. Like, I I kind of already have this feeling. Like, I already know what I want to do. I want to, like, I want to go to school to be a counselor to help those kids that have been through foster care. And, um... I just, like... You just have hope now. Yeah, I have a lot of hope now. Like, I'm happy with where I'm at. Well, kind of. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> There's always things we could work on. Yeah. So, I know that you talked about um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and that really made a difference in foster care. So, how about today? How is God's Word impacting you in your life today? Um... I still, like, I still honestly flip through the Bible half the time just to, like, sometimes I'll even, like, look up verses to, like, for how to deal with, um, how to deal with anxiety or, 
like how to um like cuz I'm kind of like looking for like dating or whatever you really want to like courting, I don't know. But like I You're go, interested in guys. Yeah. And I <laughs> like I go and look through the Bible. I look for verses that talk about um what a partner what your partner should look like um spiritually. And I take that and I apply that to my dating life and then I'll take um quotes about like anxiety and my future and I'll find verses about that and I'll just apply that to looking for colleges and scholarships and um just knowing that hey um God has complete and utter control over what I'm planning on doing or what he has planned for me and I don't really have to worry about all that that's so good so it really just applies to everyday life not only in those moments where you felt like you were in a crisis because you didn't have a family I mean Mm -hmm. God's word definitely held you up then but in everyday life you continue to turn to it and yeah. use it for guidance. Okay, so at the end of the broadcast, I'm going to have some rapid-fire questions. <laughs> so um, what book are you currently reading? I'm currently reading Soul's Gate by James... Rupert. Rupert. Yeah. Um, what's one message that God's been speaking to your heart recently? Being a misfit for God. That is just one message that's really stuck with me since hearing about it. So what does that mean, being a misfit for God? For me, being a misfit for God means stepping out of my comfort zone and um, just living the life that God wants me to have and not conforming to what the world's standards and stuff say, like being an Instagram model and stuff. Like, that's not, like, I don't try to be an Instagram model. And so that kind of puts me as a misfit because I'm not trying to be like most girls. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Good answer. So what is one song that's resonating with you right now? One song that's really been, that I really just love listening to all the time is Oceans by Hillsong United. Because it, every time I hear it, I just think about like where I was and where I am now. And how God can just sweep you off your feet and just take you places where you never thought you could have gone. Hmm, I love that. Okay, so what's one habit that you wish you could break? Hmm. Not doing my devotions to, like, my full potential. Like, I could do them, but I just kind of get bored sometimes and I just don't want to do it completely and that is one habit I really want to break is just not doing my devotions like I should be doing them good well thank you Maria for being my first guest on my podcast (laughs) no problem (laughs) I love you I love you too wow how amazing is that I'm just so thankful for Maria and for her sharing her story and sharing her heart I am honored as her mom just to have her in our home and to just know that forever she's my daughter and that she will never have to wonder again if there's a family out there for her. But the truth is there are so many teens, so many sibling groups, so many kids that are looking for forever families. And my hope is that maybe you will consider 
um, adopting from foster care or even helping maybe a family who has adopted or is interested in adopting. There's so many things you can do from going over and doing a couple loads of laundry or giving them a pizza gift card or just calling up and saying, how are you doing? How can I pray for you today? If you know a family that is fostering and adopting, that can make all the difference. So I'm just so thankful for Maria. I'm so thankful for her story. I'm so thankful that God put it on our hearts to adopt. Our lives are completely different. And honestly, I cannot imagine what my life would be like without these girls in it. They are 100% mine. Um, I love them 100% just as much as I love any of our other kids. And I just hate to think what would happen right now if um, we hadn't taken that step of faith and really followed God's word and really stepped out to do the hard things that he is asking us to do. So today, I just pray that you will think about that. You will think about what is God asking me to do? What is the one thing that I can do that he uh, wants me to do to support maybe an orphan, support a family that is adopting or fostering? And just know that if he is there and if he's asking you to do something, he will show up. Today's podcast is brought to you by Walk It Out, the radical result of living God's word one step at a time. And the publisher is David C. Cook. And this is an excerpt from my chapter on welcoming the vulnerable ones. You should see the looks John and I get when people hear my grandmother has lived in our home for 17 years. The looks of disbelief transform into utter shock when they also learn we've adopted seven kids, most of them from foster care. Are you crazy, people ask, and the looks in their eyes speak even louder. You are fools. Yes, we're foolish enough to believe we can make a difference in the world. We're foolish enough to believe God can do what the world says cannot be done as we pile nearly a dozen broken, hurting people into one home and expect not only to survive, but thrive. We're foolish enough to believe our pursuit of justice and kindness for those who didn't do anything to to deserve their fate will reflect God's love in ways nothing else can be seen. Now Walk It Out is available online at your favorite online retailer or in your local Christian bookstore. Thank you so much for joining me in Walk It Out today. Our Walk It Out verse for the day is Isaiah 1:17. Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the case of the orphans, fight for the rights of the widows. And I am so excited that you're here. Please join us next week. Connect with me online. You can find me at trishagoyer.com. Trisha's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. On Facebook, I'm author Trisha Goyer. Instagram, Trisha Goyer. Twitter, Trisha Goyer. Pretty much if you put Trisha Goyer in there, you will find a way to connect. And I will love to do that. I'll try to get to your message as soon as possible when I'm not chasing all these kids around. And next week, I have some special guests. I'm actually traveling and I'll be interviewing some of the cast and some of the Um, crew, the director of the new movie coming out for children this Christmas called The Star. So be sure to tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun.
Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.